guys. Today I'm going to read The Assembling of the Heroes and the Building. First, there came the youths Castor and Polydelsus. They came riding on white horses, two noble-looking brothers. From Sparta they came, and their mother was Leda, who, after the twin brothers, had another child born to her, Helen, who sake the sons of many of Jason's friends were to wage war against the city of Troy. These were the first heroes who came to Eleucus after the word had gone forth through Greece of the Jason's adventuring in the quest of the Golden Fleece. And then there came one who had both welcome and reverence from Jason. This one came without spear or bow, bearing in his hands a lyre only. His name was Orpheus, and he knew all the ways of the gods and all the stories of the gods. When he sang on his lyre, the trees would listen, and the beasts would follow him. It was Chiron who had counseled Orpheus to go with Jason. Chiron the Centaur had met him as he was wandering through the forests of the mountain Pelion, and had sent him down into Eleucus. Then there came two men well skilled in handling the ships, Typhus and Nauplius. Typhus knew all about the sun and wind and stars, and all about the signs by which a ship might be steered. And Nauplius had the love of Poseidon, the god of the sea. Afterward there came, one after the other, two who were famous for their hunting. No, no two who, no two could be more different than these two were. The first was Arcas. He was, was dressed in a, the skin of a bear. He, was, he had red hair and savage-looking eyes, and for arms he carried a mighty bow with bronze-tipped arrows. The folk were watching an eagle, an eagle as he came into the city, an eagle that was winging its very far, far into, up into the sky. Arcas drew his bow, and with one arrow he brought the eagle down. The other hunter was a girl, Atlanta. Tall and bright-haired was Atlanta, swift and good with the bow. She dedicated herself to Atermes, the guardian of wild things, and she had woed that she would remain unwedded. All the heroes welcomed Atlanta as comrade, and the maiden did all the things that the young men did. There came a hero who was less youthful than Castor or Polydelces. He was a man in good he was a man good in counsel named Nestor. Afterward Nestor went to the war afterward Nestor went to the war against Troy, and then he was the oldest of the heroes in the camp of Armageddon. Of Armageddon.
Two brothers came who were to be special friends of Jason's, Peleus, Pe- Peleus and Telamon. Both were still youthful and neither had yet achieved any noble deed. Afterward, they were to be famous, but their sons were to be even more famous, for the son of Telamon was strong Aesis, Aesis, and the son of Peleus was great Achilles. Another who came was Adeptus. Afterward, he became a famous king. The god of Apollo once made himself a shepherd and he kept the flocks of King Adeptus. And there came two brothers, twins, who were a wonder to all who beheld them. Zetes and Kelly and Kelis were the, they were named. Their mother was Orithia and the daughter of Erethicus, king of Athens, and her and their father was Boreas, the north wind. These two brothers had on their ankles wings that gleamed with golden scales. Their black hair was thick upon their shoulders, and it was always being shaken by the wind. With Zeus and Callis, there came a youth armed with a great sword, whose name was, whose name was Theseus. Theseus' father was an unknown king. He was bidden the mother show her, their son where his sword was hidden. Under a great stone, the king had hidden it before Theseus was born. Before he had grown out of his boyhood, Theseus had been able to raise the stone and draw forth his father's sword. As yet, he had done no great deed, but he was resolved to win fame and to find his unknown father. On the day that the messengers had sent out to bring through Greece the word of Jason's going forth quest of the Golden Fleece, the woodcutters made their way up up into the forests of Mount Pelion. They began to fell trees for the timbers of the ship that was to make a voyage for Pharpalosis. Great timbers were cut and brought to Paragazi and harbor of Velocus. On the night of the day they had helped to bring them down, Jason had a dream. He dreamed that she whom he had seen in the forest ways uh, and afterward by the river Naris appeared to him. And in this dream the goddess bade him rise early in the morning and welcome a man whom he would meet at the city's gate a tall and gray-haired man who would have on his shoulder in his shoulder stools for a building of a ship he went to the city gate and he met such a man argus was his name he told jason that that a dream had sent him to the city of locus Jason welcomed him and lodged him in the king's palace, and that day word went through the city that the building of the great ship would soon be begun.
Not, but not with the timbers brought from Mount Pelion did Argus begin. Walking through the palace with Jason, he noted a great beam in the roof. That beam, he said, had been shown him in his dream. It was from an oak tree in Dodona, the groove of Zeus. A sacred power was in the beam, and from it the prow of the ship would be fast would be fashioned. Jason had them take the beam from the roof at, and palace. It was brought to where the timbers were, and that day the building of the great ship was begun. Then all along the waterside came the noise of hammering. In the street there were metal workers where came the noise of beating upon metals as the sims fashioned out of bronze armor for the heroes and swords and spears. Every day under the eyes of Argus the master, the ship that had in it, be- in it the beam from Zeus's groove was built higher and wider. And those who were building the ship often felt going through its tremors uh, as a living creature. When the ship was built and and ready to make for voyage, a name was given to it. The Argo, it was called. And naming themselves from the ship, the heroes called themselves the Argonauts. All was ready for the voyage, and now Jason went with his friends to view the ship before he was brought into the water. Before she was brought to the water, Argus, the master was, Argus the master was on the ship, seeing to it that that the last things were being done before Argo was launched. Very great and wise looked Argus. Argus, the builder of the ship, and wonderful to the heroes the ship looked now that Argus, for their viewing, had set up the mast with the sails and had even put the oars in their places. Wonderful to the heroes Argo looked with her long, with her long oars and her high sails and her timbers painted red and gold and blue, and with the marvelous figure carved upon her prow. All over the ships, Jason's eyes went. He saw a figure standing by the mast. For a moment he looked on it, and then the figure became shadowy. But Jason knew that he had looked upon the goddess whom he had seen in the ways of the forest, and had seen afterward by Rathenaris. Then masts, then the mast and sails were taken down, and the oars were left in the ship, and the Argo was launched into the water. The heroes went back to the palace of King Peleus to feast with the king's guests before they took their places on the ship, setting out on the voyage to Pharcolosis. When they came into the palace, they saw that another hero had arrived. His shield was hung in the hall. The heroes all gathered around, amazed at the size 
and the beauty of it. The shield shone all over with gold. In its center was the figure of fear, of fear that stared back. Toward, uh, uh, that stared backward with eyes burning as fire. The mouth was open and the teeth were shown, and the other figures were wrought around in the figure of fear, strife and pursuit and flight, tumult and panic and slaughter. The f- figure of fate was there dragging a dead man by the feet, and on her shoulders Fate had a garment that was red with blood of men. Around these figures were heads of snakes, heads with black jaws and glittering eyes, twelve heads such as might affright any man. And on other parts of the shield were shown the heroes of Ares, the grim god of war. The figure of Ares himself was shown also. He held a spear in his hand, and he was urging the warriors go on. Uh, around the inner rim of the shield, the sea was shown, wrought in white metal. Dolphus swam in the sea, fishing for little fishes that were shown there in bronze. Uh, around the rim, chariots were racing, along with wheels running close together where there were men fighting and women watching from high towers. The awful figure of the darkness of death was shown there too, but with mournful eyes and the dust of battles upon her shoulders. The outer rim of the shield showed a stream of ocean, the stream that in in circles the world swans were soaring above the swimming above and swimming on its surface all in wonder the heroes gazed at the great shield telling each other that that only one man in all the world could carry it heracles the son of zeus could it be that heracles had come amongst them they went into the feasting hall and they saw the one there who was tall as a pine tree with unshorn tresses of hair upon his head. Heracles indeed it was. He turned to them a smiling face and smiling eyes. Heracles! They all gathered around the strongest hero in the world, and he took the hand of each in his mighty hand. So that was the gathering, the, the assembling of the heroes and the building of the ship. Bye, guys. See you later. See you later. See you later. See ya. See ya. Later. Bye, guys.